Hi there. Happy Wednesday. It's Julia here. Um, welcome to a totally different reality. Um, today, I'm very excited for our show, and I have so many questions for our guest. Um, Susie Godsey is on with us, and we're going to be talking about conscious horse, conscious rider. So welcome, Susie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. Yeah. Um, so before we get started, I, can you talk a little bit about your experience with horses, with access, with animals, sort of what got you into it? <laughs> I'll just start with the easy part. Um, <laughs> well, um, I've, been, I've been really interested and, and uh, close to animals my whole life, but I didn't actually really know that I had any kind of gift with this until I really became a part of Access Consciousness. Um, I always wanted to have lots of dogs, horses, any kind of animal that you could imagine as a kid. And I actually wanted to also have a job that had something to do with animals. And But all the jobs that I saw um, didn't really appeal to me. I didn't want to become a vet. I didn't really want to become a scientist. And all this stuff was not really appealing. And so um, I did something completely different at first and then uh, later on became a dog walker. And that was sort of the closest to what matched the energy at the time to what I wanted to create with animals. And yet still, it wasn't really enough. So when I first got introduced to the tools of access consciousness, uh, Gary Douglas, when uh, my first level two and three I came to, which is uh, the first time you meet, well, not necessarily, but at that time, the first time you meet Gary Douglas, he uh, he walked up to me and he shook my hand and he said, so when are you going to teach animal classes? And <laughs> I said, uh, what? You know, <clears throat> and I thought, what is this guy talking about? Um, so it was very funny because I really <laughs> didn't recognize that, that there was anything to, that I could share or, you know. Um, so it, needless to say, it took me years and years and years after that before I actually realized that there was something that that I could maybe offer and that there was something that I could possibly share with the world. And the tools have helped me so much to get over my point of view about having nothing to share as well as um, the idea that, uh, you know, that there is actually some tools out here that work and that can, can assist in making a shift and change. So, so that's it sort of in a nutshell. Um, that's awesome. I had no idea any of that. It's funny. I love, I love talking with people on the on the radio shows because you know, like I I I've I've known you for for a few years, and it's like you don't hear these stories unless you ask. So it's really interesting. <laughs> so true. I love how he I love how he walked up to you and gave you a wedgie that would fester for years your first time you met him exactly i know um one of his uh, greater talents and abilities <laughs> yes <laughs> i know that i have many wedgies festering right now <laughs> yep <laughs> oh that's awesome um oh and for those of you who haven't uh don't know uh gary douglas the founder of access will sometimes say something that we call a wedgie which is like like this energy or this comment where 
um, he sees a capacity or an ability that you have and he'll just say a little bit about it, but won't say any more. And it will like tweak your world and you'll start asking questions like, what did he mean? What was that? And it's once you, if you ask enough questions, it like opens up into some amazing possibility usually. So for those who are willing to have it. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Awesome. So I'm so, oh, I have so many questions, Susie. I was horseback riding. I went, I'm just like rearing for this show because I went horseback riding um, at Aranel at Facilitators in Costa Rica um, um, with this horse named um, Moro. And he was this beautiful, beautiful white horse. And I was like, just felt so present with him and so alive and incredible and we galloped and went in the through the water and and just it was just such an amazing experience and then um uh, about three days ago on Saturday okay so four days ago I went horseback riding um in El Rodejo which is sort of by San Jose in Costa Rica and I had the most abused tourist horse I have ever known existed. I just wanted to cry the whole time. It started pouring rain as soon as I got on him. The guide was like whipping him with a tree branch. It was just me and the guy. There was just two of us. It was just, oh my gosh. And I was like tr- trying to be so aware and so present. I didn't get bucked off, but I think I like I had to be, like be asking questions the whole time. So I wanted to like ask you like everything about that. Like like what what do you do? in those situations or where should I start? Like, first of all, what do you do with an abused animal? Yeah, that is a really good question, Julia. And it really depends so much on how the animal is expressing that because some animals get really withdrawn and others get really shy. Some may even get aggressive. So it really is um, more a question that you would have to ask in front of that particular animal to see where is the door to access that animal so that that animal can let go of wherever it is stuck? And and that's one thing that makes it really kind of sometimes frustrating um, to work with the access consciousness tools because there are no set tools to go from A to Z. Right. <laughs> but, but the beauty is also you just have to have the power of the question in order to actually go further. So... Um, questions are really the main, the main tools in access consciousness. So asking a question always gives you some form of an energy. And sometimes you may not have the answer, quote-unquote, to that question, but you will always get an energy. The universe always provides that. So if you have an animal that has been abused, I would always just ask a question of the animal at first, like, hey, what is this? And what can we do with it? Um, okay. Is that something we can change? And if we can change it, then how do we start? Where do we start? What do we do to change it? So you can really apply those questions. And, and, and just even if you have never even um, basically entertained the idea that you could talk to an animal or that you could hear an animal talking back, it's still the energy still comes up and usually the universe starts showing you a way even if it's not totally clear at first. So you might ask those questions and all of a sudden maybe you read an article about 
somebody um, and that's intriguing to you and go, oh, that actually sort of is maybe what I'm looking for. Let me call this person. Or you walk by somebody who, who is talking to someone else and you overhear a word and you go, oh, wow, that's actually what I needed to hear. Or So there's so many ways that the universe can provide in that moment. It doesn't right. have to be like right there, you know. So, but that's where I would start and and just see what what it is that you can be for that animal too. That is a different energy and a different possibility. Right. Okay. Oh, that's great because I think that what I did, I did ask questions, but I more asked questions with the point of view, oh, this is an abused animal, rather than mm-hmm. what is this? You know, what mm-hmm. can we do with this? Ah, oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, awesome. So well, and, and the thing with abuse too, Julia, you know, like so many people go immediately into um, the, the poor animal and, you know, especially people also that rescue animals out of the shelter so much. So there is always that energy of the poor animal. And, and the interesting part about animals is that they always pick up on your energy and your way of being with them. So if you constantly look at them with that energy and that pity, they do have to match that energy and they keep, have to keep perpetuating that energy. But if you were to be willing to actually drop all that and say, well, okay, what can we actually create together today? How can I be to help you overcome whatever it is you're stuck in? Like, you know, an animal that's really shy because it was abused, what can I be for you so you can actually see that you can be differently in the world? You don't have to do this. So, right. you know, Ooh, I have to, can I cut in there for a second? Yeah, exactly. Um, so actually, I, I kind of tend to sometimes forget about the brilliant things that I do. And with the horse, partway through, I kind of did get out of that pity. And I was like, well, what is this? Or, you know, and then I, 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 this story came to my mind of Dane telling a story during facilitators. Um, and you know this, Susie, because you were there. Um, and he was talking about how his horse was really abused. Or it wasn't abused. It was really feeling sick. And, uh, he, and then he started talking about all the adventures he had had with his horse. And, if, and he was talking about how if he got on his horse, even if he was having a horrible day or was just feeling, you know, sad about the world or going into trauma and drama and stories that he would get on the horse and the horse would say to him like energetically do you know who we are like we are out <laughs> to change the world we are superheroes and so finally when I got into the pity for this horse I, I I was sitting on him and I looked at him I said do you know who we are and he perked <laughs> up and he like he started like flopping his tail and he like he was not going crazy he was not zigzagging and he rode so proudly and like this beautiful trot so oh yeah that was so fun <laughs> yeah and and but that's often exactly how this can be so easy you know and people often are astounded when you shift your energy when you just change a different a way of looking at something or change your point of view about something the animals are there with you right away. And yeah. that's kind of the beauty of the willingness they have to change on a dime. And just for you to acknowledge the horse in that moment probably means so much because how many people sit on a horse in this kind of a tourist situation and will actually truly acknowledge the horse for who they're being? 
Um, yes, a lot of people might pet them and, and, and say nice things and all that, but who actually really has that energy of acknowledgement when they sit on these horses? So to, for a horse to receive that must have been like, wow, you know, who is sitting up on, on top of me? This is very different. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's really the, the true way of connecting with them is the acknowledgement partially too, you know, so it's not the only way to connect an animal, but acknowledging who they're being is one, one big way to definitely get closer to that. So, so yeah, right. that's cool that you got that instantly. <laughs> yeah, it was really amazing. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, um, like, when you say who they be or, like, their energy? Can you kind of get into, like, what you mean by that energy or, or the energy of who they truly be? Yeah, um, you know, it's like with people. I mean, every animal is so different from every other animal. And the funny thing is that most people would say, yeah, of course, and would acknowledge that. And yet I meet so many people that will take the way that their older dog was and try to explain their newer dog through their older dog. Or they get disappointed when their dog isn't exactly like they had expected him to be. And so... I see that a lot of people function from this point of view or this expectation that they have what their animal should be like, but they don't actually really look at the animal and see them for who they're being. So, for example, there may be dogs um, that are not totally inclined to be these cuddly dogs or these happy-go-lucky dogs that you can pet all over. There are dogs that really don't like it. You know, they they don't like the physical touch so much. They are more, you know, they like to lay on their own or or they don't like to come over and be petted and rubbed all over. But oftentimes people then think, well, there's either something wrong with them or the relationship they have with the dog or there's something wrong with the dog. So rather than that, what could it be like if people would start to actually acknowledge that each animal has its own way of being in the world and and just looking at like, well, so what is that with this particular animal? How are they showing up in the world? What is it that they are creating or wish to create in the world? And often animals even have a point of view about what they would like to create in the world, especially horses. I have met many, many horses that had a very, um, very defined way of of what they wanted their future to be. And so if that didn't work out, uh, they would come up with all kinds of shenanigans to get out of the situation that they were in. And so for for people, for example, you know, a lot of people say, well, if you have a quarter horse, you know, you use that horse in a certain way. So you would say, well, that horse wants a Western saddle and that horse is going to do things that that are in in that direction, you know, Western riding. And without asking the horse, though, what the horse actually really would like. And so, for example, we were working with a horse that every time you threw a Western saddle on her, and she was a quarter horse, <laughs> um, she would walk backwards. And there was oh, nothing wow. you could do to make this horse w- walk <laughs> forward, you know, nothing. And so um, she had been to all sorts of trainers and... She did well when she had no saddle on. She did well on the ground. You could hop on her bareback 
and she was doing everything. But when she put that Western saddle on, that horse was walking backwards. Wow. So they tried different kinds of Western saddles. They brought in a, a special saddle. Like, all this stuff didn't work. So um, that was actually a course that Gary was facilitating, Gary Douglas. And he said, he asked the horse, hey, do you actually like Western tack? And the horse was like, no. And so... Um, <laughs> And so he said, well, what would you like? And the horse said, dressage. And he said, you want to go English? And the horse went, yep. And so he said, hey, does anyone here have an English saddle? Let's throw English tack on this horse. And so they did. They put English tack on, got on the horse. The horse started prancing and doing all sorts of things forward. <laughs> and so, I mean, everyone was just completely astounded um, because that horse had a sad idea of what its life was going to look like. And it was going to do dressage. It was going to be written English. And it didn't care that it was a quarter horse. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That'd be like if somebody tried to put, like, tomboy clothes on me or something. I'd only walk backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I need princess clothes. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that's so neat. Um. Something that's popping into my head, um, what what kind of advice do you have or questions or clearings do you have for people who are afraid of certain animals? Like I know some people are afraid of spiders or snakes, um, you know, even horses. I know a lot of people who are very intimidated by horses. Um, Mm -hmm. What kind of, um, what do you have to say on that? Yeah, um, that's another great topic, actually. And Really, where I would start with that is basically um, asking people questions about their other lives. And this is something where the access consciousness tools are so wild and wacky and so weird, and yet they work. Because a lot of those fears and phobias that we have were actually not from this lifetime. Um, Unless, uh, like with horses, sometimes... Uh, when we are little children, we're pretty much fearless, and we would jump on a horse and basically gallop without a saddle as far as we could go. Well, our parents, on the other hand, probably had a bit of a moment when that occurred, and so they were probably fearful and thinking, oh, my God, she's going to die, she's going to die, she's going to die. And and we as psychic beings would pick that up and would be aware of that. And so, um, so later that can turn into a real fear of horses. But so for those kinds of people, the, the question would really be, who does this belong to? Is this actually your point of view? Or did you pick this up from your parents that were watching you when you were riding, when you were little and you were reckless on the horse? Um, and a lot of people go, oh, yeah, that was never mine. And so that simple question can change a lot. But where it gets to be a little bit more tricky is when those phobias are not from this lifetime and they're really coming in from another life. And, and so then asking the question, hey, did you have an experience in another lifetime with a horse, for example, that was giving you grief or, um, or you got bucked off and you died or you died with your horse or something like that? And when people have like that real fear of horses, that is oftentimes exactly what what holds them captive. And so then um, to to basically change that, um, we can then ask for for and anyone who's on this call or listening to this later, um, 
basically, so if you have this going on right now, um, my question to you would be, so all the decisions, judgments, and conclusions you have about horses from that experience from any lifetime, will you now please destroy and uncreate all that? Yes. Thank you. Time for God's and right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So this is the clearing statement that we use in Access Consciousness. And um, the clearing statement is, is really just a, um, a way to ask the energy to go back to wherever this problem was created and, and undo it right there. So a whole house of cards that you based on one decision can fall apart and you can all of a sudden see the world for what it truly is. You're no longer stuck in the point of view that you had. So that's really what this is all about. So that's the first thing I would ask is so, and then, you know, and again, if you were to work with an individual that maybe had something particular going on, um, you would ask more questions around that. Or, or if you're listening right now, you can ask yourself questions around that. So, um, you know, also, maybe in another lifetime, you were a fabulous horse person, and that was also something that maybe uh, meant that you had a lesser status, though, because sometimes horse people were not necessarily the most recognized or or even acknowledged people, and so you decided, well, I'll never do that again because I want to get further in my next life. All these oh. positions can hold you up, you know? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So when you, yeah. So when you ask, you know, uh, those questions and you get a yes, then just basically go, hey, I'll destroy and uncreate everything I've decided about this right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine short scores and beyond. So it yeah. can be that simple. That was an awesome explanation. Um, and for those of you who want more info about the clearing statement, you can go to www.theclearingstatement.com and uh, it explains the clearing statement in detail. It could probably take an hour to actually explain it, so we won't take up our time with Susie doing that, but um, that's a really good resource. So that's theclearingstatement.com. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so um, and then. Um, with past lives, um, so we're we're going. Can you talk a little bit more about past lives and like the access point of view about past lives? Yeah, well, pretty much. Um, the the when you ask the question if a person has had past lives, it usually comes up as a yes. Right. <laughs> I've never heard a person say no to that. So, and and the interesting part is access is not about you believing in past lives either. So in order to clear something or to work on something, you don't have to believe in it. We're not asking that at all. And we're just asking energetic questions. And so basically, um, if you are willing to just let go of whatever it is, you don't have to believe that it came from a different life, but just letting it go anyway. Um, so when, you know, so for example, uh, asking the question of anything, um, th- wherever that energy got stuck, it will go there to undo it. And so there is really the only point of view basically that, um, that we have is that whatever feels light for you is right at, for you at that time. So if it feels light, use it. If it feels heavy, don't use it. And, and 
that's basically where it's alive for you at that moment. So it's not about convincing anybody about whether or not there are past lives, but just following the energy and whatever reads at the moment. And more often than not, when there is um, a particular thing that people are stuck in, and that sort of has no cognitive explanation or it makes no sense, mm-hmm. those are often those moments that come from some decision that were made in another time. And so um, with these tools, letting go of them is, is really easy because, again, you don't even have to know exactly what it was. So just right. by asking the question and asking basically to, to let go of it, to destroy it and uncreate it, you then create that situation where, where, you, where you let go of it immediately. And I've seen changes occur so quickly with that. It's sometimes really astounding. And, um, and it astounds people as much as animals sometimes. You know, I was just working, or I'm actually currently working with a, a couple who has for the last three months tried to get their shy dog to get a little bit closer to them. And just an hour of asking that dog question and running clearings um, has gotten the dog closer than it's ever been to them and in a very relaxed state. So it wasn't about training. It wasn't about any of those things. It was really just about letting go of point of views that the dog had hmm. from whatever time. And it doesn't matter, you know. So that's where this can really affect um, us and animals in a, in a very dynamic way. This is, right. This is Ellie. I wanted to ask, our dog died two and a half years ago, and I'm still really longing for her and missing her. I'm just wondering if you had any clearing statements or anything to help me with through that. Yeah, so um, the thing with things like that is too, so when, you, when, are you, when you're not able to get over something, when you're really kind of stuck in that place where... <coughs> you feel like you can't move forward, there's usually something true and something that's a lie that was attached to that. So what I'd like to ask you is, you know, what part of her leaving was true and what part of it was a lie? And this is, may, may make no sense to you, but does something come up for you that sort of reads right now? Well, Somebody told me that animals take on your illnesses in the family and I feel like she took something and died, but I don't feel that that's true. But okay. I'm stuck there. Yeah, so is that the place that you got stuck in basically in believing that rather than asking? So let's ask a question. So what, what was your dog's name? Shadow. Shadow. Um, was it a boy or a girl? Girl. Girl, okay. Can you ask Shadow right now? Let's talk to Shadow right now. So Shadow, did you did you die because you took on someone's disease? So what comes to you? What was the first thing that popped in? I'm just blocking the whole thing. I can't even think. Okay. So what if you weren't thinking? What if you just allowed her to actually speak to you? So everything that doesn't allow you to just perceive her without a point of view and without your feelings of guilt and all of those things that you have attached to her dying, will you please destroy and uncreate all that? Yes. 
Time to get and right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shows, boys and beyonds. So, first of all, let's just actually look at her energy. Does she feel like she is content, or does she feel like she's happy, or does she feel like she's sad? What do you get when you tune into Shadow's energy? She's good. Yeah, she feels pretty good, right? Yeah. So, um, so would she want you to, to suffer over her death? No. No. So would you be willing to actually take a look at this and see where you have been sticking yourself? Yes. Thank you. So everything that doesn't allow that to be easy for you, will you please destroy and uncreate it? Yes. Time to get and right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So... Oftentimes when our animals die, we of course we don't want them to die and of course we want them to live on forever. And so when they die, we often see that as either our fault or we, we look at what we did wrong or what we, have, you know, what we could have done better or all of those things. But what if that wasn't actually true? What if actually the animal also had the possibility to have choice in this? Okay. So everywhere you have decided it was all you're doing and your fault and and all of that, will you please destroy and uncreate it now? Yes. Time to God, William, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So when you you look at the situation now, can I ask again, so, so truth, does shadow take on a disease from somebody in the family? No. Okay, so what would make it easier for you to actually have ease with this whole situation now? What, what, would, what is required for you to have ease with this situation? What do you need to, what do you need to hear? What do, you need, what do you require? I need to bury her ashes. I haven't done that yet. You need to do what? Is that one more time? Bury her ashes. Or spread your okay. ashes, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay, cool. So would you be willing to do that? Yes. I, I do feel you... like I am now. It's okay, cool. two and a half years I keep her in the cupboard. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's good. All right. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Cool. <laughs> okay, weekend. that sounds great. And really, Thank like, you. Keep, yeah, and keep pulling your energy because she is... Um, she feels like she is quite quite an amazing dog. And so what contribution energetically can she even give to you now? And what have you been refusing to receive from her by feeling guilty and all that? So, you know, can you see that once you drop that, that you could actually open up the channels to like a whole other way of receiving from your dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's> yeah. <laughs> cool. Everything that doesn't allow that, let's destroy and not create it, please. Yeah. Times a godzillion. Yeah. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. <laughs> That's and thank my you mom. for the question. Oh, <laughs> That's cool. my mom, yeah. so that was my dog, too. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. Um, you were talking in there a little bit about, about um, dogs being facilitators, like... Can you talk a little bit about how animals facilitate us? 
Yeah, well, I, where do you want to start? That could be a 10-hour show right there. Um. <laughs> well, um, like when I'm riding a horse, <laughs> when I'm riding a horse, it is, you know, it's just absolutely incredible how the horse knows exactly what I'm thinking, how the horse shows me, like, the horse will show me where I'm at in my life and, mm-hmm. you know, where I ha- where I've caught myself up where I'm really expansive where what I need to change you know what's going really well and just by the way it moves and acts and and I can tell so much because I'm really aware and listening um so can can you talk about you know listening to an animal and what it it does have to tell you yeah um and thank you for that example that you just gave with the horse because um that is actually also the part where I feel like a lot of people have so many points of views about what it actually looks like to listen to your animal. And so um, why don't we actually just run a clearing there? Uh, so all the decisions, judgments, computations, and conclusions you have about what animal communication looks like and what it looks like to receive from your animal, will you please destroy and uncreate all that? Yeah times a gazillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So the, this is really the part where often people are looking for a specific thing on how their animals communicate, but it is often really subtle. Sometimes it can be not so subtle too, but um, the communication is often not interpreted in the way that the animal is intending to actually deliver it. And so, and so if you are willing to really listen to your animal, they can be amazing facilitators, like you were saying, Julia. But most people feel like they really don't have a clue what their animals are trying to say. And so then they try to go into the logic of it all, or they try to explain it in a way that you would maybe explain it from a person's standpoint. And Animals are quite different from us. They they have a different way of looking at the world. They have a different way of perceiving things, and they they live their lives differently than we do. So we can't often take our way of looking at the world um, as a a way to explain what is going on for them. I so often see people that say, "Oh, my my dog is jealous," and even now I'm reading more and more article where people articles where people are trying to prove that, that dogs are jealous. But when you actually ask the question, so truth, are animals jealous? What do you get? No. No. So we're trying so hard to, to take our emotions and, and um, make them apply to the animals. Now, animals are, are very willing to manipulate us and to do things that make us do stuff for them. So they may give us certain looks and certain things um, because once they realize that when when they're getting something out of that look, then they, they practice that look over and over. So, you know, so to them, it's not like, oh, I'm jealous. It's more like, oh, when I act this way, I get this. <clears throat> that worked. Um, that was exactly what I was looking for. So I'm going to do it better next time. <laughs> right. So, you know, so... So, you know, the the parts where the where the animals are then being basically pushed into that into that form of having certain emotions can 
can really get us and them stuck, especially when we are having trouble with the behavior that they're exhibiting. So, and oftentimes, um, when they are exhibiting behaviors that we are struggling with, to me, that's the part where asking questions needs to be your number one friend and not coming to conclusions, not trying to explain what's going on, but really keep asking questions because it is so imperative that um, for us to do that because it, the animal itself, basically that's the facilitation. They require the question. So for example, um, and I, I've used this example before, so if you heard me talk about this, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it is a good example. Um, my dog that I got out of the shelter, um, she would jump up on every counter at first when I got her. She would jump up with her whole body. Well, that I was able to change really quickly, but she kept putting her paws on the counter, and she did it forever and ever and ever. And every training trick, everything I know about dogs didn't work. And I just got so frustrated. I was like, what is going on here? And so one day I just said to her, look, this is not a game. And the moment I said, this is not a game, she looked at me like, huh? It's not? Like, and I just basically, you know, with my forehand hit, hit, my, my, <laughs> hit my forehead and said, oh, God, I am so stupid. She was playing a game. And, you know, and I wasn't. I thought I, w I needed to train her to take the feet off the counter. And I was like, oh, this is not my idea of, of a fun game. Can we play anything else, please? And she ran and she got her ball. And she never put her feet on the counter after that. <laughs> so, wow. So sometimes it's just um, the animal doesn't look at it as what we think they do, you know. And I knew she was smart. So... But she was literally playing a game with me, and she thought it was fun, you know. Um, well, it wasn't fun for me, but she didn't realize that. And so that's where I feel like they can be such amazing facilitators because they, if they persist with a behavior that you don't break through, you know, what question do you actually need to ask for this to be different? And so keep asking questions and keep looking at the situation and keep exploring to what is really truly going on. And that can be a huge facilitation from the animal for you to not get, give up, but to actually be willing to go, wow, what is this? You know? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, it, it, and animals, like I've heard um, Gary talk about how animals, like you, you don't say things to animals out loud necessarily. They're faster than that. Like, you more want to think something to them or show them a picture in your head? Um, what do you do? Um, I think this is one of those things where everybody is going to do this differently. And right. uh, I don't try to really tell people how to do it because my sense about it is that everyone does it in their own way. And if I tell you how I do it, I even feel like people will try to to do that and it may not work for them because we all have a different way of receiving energy or also projecting energy. Just what you said though is so amazingly true, which is that animals do pick up our thoughts, they pick up our emotions, they pick up our feelings. And so oftentimes we really 
don't have to express it out loud. We don't have to even move, and they still get it. And and sometimes it, it can also be a quote-unquote negative outcome. Um, and I have another little story that my, my dog Charlie was – was a little bit reactive to uh, young dogs when he was younger. He didn't like really young dogs. And so um, I was working with him on that. And um, so it was like a while later, and there was this young puppy, and he was playing with it, and he played so wonderfully with this puppy. And I was just observing and smiling, and I had a really good time. And they were having a ball, and he was just so gentle, and he was rolling around on his back and doing all sorts of things. And then I thought, and I didn't say anything, I just thought, wow, four months ago he would have been such a putz with this dog. And I hadn't finished that thought, and he flipped over, put his paw on this puppy and basically nailed him to the ground. And I was like, wow, you know, and I immediately knew that I had done that. And I pulled him off, but I apologized right away to him, to the other dog and to the other person. And I said, I created that. I just thought, you know, anyway, so that was really an amazing uh, way for me to see how fast, you know, they pick up whatever it is that we're thinking. And good, bad, or ugly, they just pick it up. So we have to be so diligent and so aware when we are with our animals about what we are projecting at them because oftentimes we can create the situation. So, yeah, that is a, a, I, a very cool point. <laughs> excuse me, I think the same would go for, like, toddlers too. Like, so many parents, oh, they're shy or, oh, they're a brat or they're this or that, and they label their kids and... And I think you see that with children as well. Yeah, um, very much so. I've, I've had actually, a, you know, I've, sometimes I do these intro classes or when I even do a call or something or a radio show and I have people comment later and say, wow, my relationship to my kids has changed. My relationship to my spouse has changed. I'm using these tools for that too because it does it does apply in so many ways. You are correct. You know, we when we start looking at how we are communicating with each other also in, in a different way, then, yeah, a lot of things can change. And, and that whole thing of labeling an animal or, or projecting at them how they're being bad or good or whatever is, is, has an effect on the animal. Absolutely. So, yeah, and thank you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, Really, like all of all of this, really, just like it comes down to being present with what's going on with the animal, not just saying, "Oh, that's a dumb animal that can't talk." It's like being like, "Hey, like, what's going on for you? What can I contribute?" You know, and and realizing yeah. that your thoughts are are your thoughts are like basically verbalized to the animal. <laughs> totally, you know, and there's a lot of people that that have. Um, you know, that, that do a lot of talking towards the animal that may be meant in a nice way, but it's really not. So the interesting part, you know, so I'm, I'm saying this because I've, I've seen many people with their horses, with their dogs, say things like, oh, my, my little dum-dum or, you know, like stuff like that. And so you have to be aware that every word has an energy. And so when you're projecting that at the dog, that they are dumb or that they're stupid or that they can't do it, then 
they will have to fulfill that to some level because they are receiving that as almost like that's a request they're receiving. Oh, she wants me to be dumb. Okay, cool. You know, so it can really change things dramatically when you just start to use a different uh, way of talking to them or, or stop saying these things, you know, whatever really works. But yeah, I would definitely pay more attention to that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and as, as human beings, we have thoughts and feelings and emotions and animals, um, don't really have thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Can, can they sometimes have thoughts, feelings, and emotions or, um, like how, what's the difference between how we function and how they function in regards to thoughts, feelings, and emotions? Yeah, that's a really good question because the, the thing about it that is so intriguing for me is that for a long, 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 long time, people had the point of view that animals don't have emotions, period. And so, you know, if you tor- tortured an animal or if you uh, separated a, a young animal from their mother or if you did anything, people really truly believed that that didn't affect the animals, that they really had no um, no compassion to, so they basically had no no feelings. Now um, there was this huge movement that started. I I don't think maybe about ten years ago, but it's it's gotten stronger and stronger. Where more and more people are really looking to prove um, how animals do have thoughts and feelings and emotions and where they they do show certain things. The interesting thing for me is though that when you really ask do animals have thoughts feelings and emotions it's more like a no comes up so what is it actually that they do have that we haven't really even tapped into fully and so to me they have certain capacities that we maybe have other words for like for example compassion maybe or gratitude um, those may be things that that we could use, and yet I feel like it's almost we we would have to make up yet another vocabulary to truly describe what goes on for them. And it can sometimes be that when you um, when you talk to an animal, and you know they can get stuck too by a decision they make, so they do have the capacity to to make choices and decisions, and they can get stuck with that as well. So um, there is also the possibility for an animal to limit itself by the way that they are that they have decided something, and yet it still feels quite different from when we do it. So I don't have a really good answer um, to this. I just have a sense that we need to really start looking at this from a different place and be willing to really um, listen more to what we are perceiving from them rather than coming to conclusions right right yeah it's about being very present with them yeah that's that's actually that helps a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) who knew (laughs) yeah and and um but you teach a class called talk to the animals um and and um i I've actually not taken a, a full. Um, is it a, is it a two day class? Well, actually, at the moment, the talk to the animals class is a teleseries. So um, 
it it is a six part telecall and then it has two bonus calls so um, that's how I have been doing this lately. Uh, I do a lot of intros, talk to the animals, and there's quite a few that are available uh, on the accessconsciousness.tv site. If you type in talk to the animals, there's some of mine, and then also a fabulous one that Gary Douglas did. Um, mine are all free on there. The one for Gary is a whopping $20, so <laughs> you can <laughs> listen to that. Um, and... Um, the uh, then the the telecalls I I do fairly regularly. So if you want to find out more on the classes that I do, you can go to the accessconsciousness.com website and um, and find me there. And also on my website susigazi.com, I have freebies that you can download. And then my endless radio show. I've been doing a radio show since 2008, and so there is quite a bit of oh wow uh, yeah material that you can download for free on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the happy dog. So there's a lot there as well. <laughs> so yeah, wow. that's got to be the longest running access consciousness radio show. Six years. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. My goodness. Is that six years? Wow. I yes. wasn't even <laughs> That's six years. We're 2014. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> so, um, do you do, um, well, I'm sure you do, like healing and, and body work on the animals? Well, um, yes, the access consciousness tools have a lot of energetic body work available that works on animals as well. Um, and really what it is, it's just facilitating the animal's body to uh, activate its own way of healing itself. So it's not really that we are really healing them it's more like we are facilitating them in having more ease and maybe also doing it faster than if we weren't touching them so yeah there are lots and lots of hands-on processes that we can use on on them and I actually love doing that with horses in particular uh, because they are so uh, grateful when we give to them in that way uh, because most of the time Horses are so used to gifting to us. So when we run body processes on them, they just get so grateful and so happy. uh, And they just kind of melt away. So it's really beautiful to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, with the the horse that I had in Aronel, I ran MTVSS on his back when I was done. And he kind of just like looked at me like, Whoa, what's that? What are you doing? And then he just like perked up like, this is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. <laughs> do, do horses do it like, um, like, cause they're always gifting to us. And so, so, you know, um, how can we help them receive? Like definitely through body work. Um, but do you have any other tools? I guess acknowledging, you know, who they be. Yeah, well, there are a couple of tools that are very specific to horses. One of them is basically pull. When you get on your horse, the very first thing you can ask for is to pull energy from the ground through the horse, uh, through you, and out the top of your head. And even if you say right now, I don't know how to do that, just ask for it. You know, sit on your horse and basically do that first. Now, the second thing with horses that is really helpful to... um, get them to be with you when you're riding is to 
acknowledge how big their zone is. Every animal has a zone of awareness that they function from, and some horses' zone is quite large, and some horses' zone is smaller. But um, if you're riding a horse that is very aware or is the lead horse of that particular little herd that they're in, their zone might be as big as like um, a couple of square miles around you. So um, so then what you ask for is to make your zone of awareness larger than theirs and because that then makes them relax because then they have the sense that you've got their back. And horses are flight animals. So, you know, to them, a predator could lurk around the corner so they always want to feel like somebody is having their back. And so when you extend your zone beyond theirs, and again, it's just asking for it. Please ask your zone to extend beyond the horse's zone. That's all you have to do. And then uh, just just see if you get a different ride. If you have been riding your horse in the past and you use these two tools, see if you get, get a different ride <clears throat> than you did before. So those are two amazing tools that that you can use for that um so yeah and there are so so many but really what you said julia too is the gift of being present with an animal and really asking them a question like when you before you get on your horse asking your horse hey um are you okay riding today? Like, you know, will you take care of me? Like really just asking them a couple of questions can make such a big difference to them in the way that they are being with you as well. So just acknowledging them, just letting them know that you are not just going to jump on their back and be sort of the the demanding person that doesn't care, <laughs> but right. really, you know, caring in a different way by asking questions can make a huge difference. Right. Oh, it that just makes my whole body feel happy. It's just so nurturing and healing for everyone involved. That's cool. cool. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, we're just about coming to the end of our hour. Um, I uh, and you are are you starting to do classes, um, you know, at ranches and stuff like that with people? Well, actually, um, just, uh, and, and this is very interesting, if you are on this particular call right now and, and you want to hang out with Curry Tlacel and I in about an hour, I think it is, or, yeah, about an hour, uh, there's a Google Hangout um, that is actually basically with horses. And um, the reason we're doing this Google Hangout is because we actually have a class coming up in Dallas, Texas, so if you go, um, and that is a three-day class where we really are going to be working with horses for three days, working with horses and their people, um, doing body work, doing clearings, doing all sorts of things to facilitate both parties to have more of a connection, a better way of uh, communicating with each other, and also more ease in the bodies. So that's really what we're trying to do. And if you are interested in that, um, you can probably find that Google Hangout if you type in Curry, Susie, and Horses. <laughs> I'm not sure how else, uh, I, since I don't know what the link is at the moment. So um, We can uh, post it to, uh, I'm sure, I think everybody on the call hopefully knows can just hop onto my Facebook page. We can post the Hangout link right on my Facebook page, and then okay, can go from there. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward.
forward to the hangout. I'm in Texas at Curry's house right now. So, um, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll do like the Egyptian walk in the background while you guys are talking. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'll be seeing you. Huh? That's right. Yeah. It's all visible. <laughs> Oh, I know those I things are amazing. <laughs> those things are amazing. I've done one or two, and I'm doing. Oh, actually, here's a little shout out. Also, um, I'm doing a free Google Hangout next week after the Denver two and three, whenever that is. I, I'm not sure. I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Um, Rebecca Hulse and I are doing Living Beyond Disney, uh, a Google Hangout <laughs> about that, about creating your fantasies, because Gary has been wedging me about doing this class for like a year and a half so finally a year and a half later I'm getting down to it and I'm doing this class (laughs) great I mean I can relate you know it sometimes takes a few years before these things come into fruition (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and Susie I really want to get you um to brand in Manitoba I know a lady who might be interested and I would love to um, do a class so we need 20 people for Susie's class and we could I'm sure next summer next summer feels light so if anybody is interested in having Susie in Manitoba please let me know because I would love to get a group together um, to 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 ride and and facilitate and and learn more about horses so let yeah. me know awesome yeah so um yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of the, the, end of the hour. Um, and we'll, we'll put the Hangout link on my Facebook page right after we get off the line. So if you would like more, um, Curry and Susie will be talking in an hour starting at 9 p.m. Central. Um, so, yeah, thank you cool. so much, Susie. I learned so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is really great. And thank you so much for doing these. And it's just wonderful. So, yay, I'm so glad that I was able to be on the call with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, And next week, everybody, we are having Tamara Yonker um, on the radio show. And we're going to be Wednesday, um, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to try to keep it consistent now that I'm in a little bit more of a routine in my life. So we're going to try to have the radio show every every um, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to Tamara Yonker next week. Uh, so we will talk to you then. So thank you so much, Susie. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.